السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We always praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Upon all conditions we thank him We send blessings and salutations Upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His entire household, all of them And all his companions May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them For indeed they have sacrificed in such a great way That today we are sitting with the fruits of that particular sacrifice May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us And make us sacrifice in a way That our children and offspring see the fruits of the beautiful sacrifice Right up to the end May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all jannah My brothers and sisters it's important for us to know that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask us what we've done. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us responsible completely for everything that we have done on earth. And no one will be able to deny anything he or she has actually done. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in fact, we will take out the book of every individual and spread it in front of them and tell them, read your own book. It's enough. You can bear witness against yourselves. We know there are verses in Surah Yasin, verses in other places of the Quran that tell us that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seal the mouths of those who do not bear witness for or against themselves. And what will speak? Their organs will speak. So basically, the hands will start speaking, the feet will speak, the tongues will speak, subhanallah, and bear witness against the person who used those organs in the transgression of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you use your hand to do something wrong, remember, the hand has registered what you did. One day the hand will speak against who? You. When you used your legs, when you used any part of your body to do that which is haram, those organs will bear witness against you, my brothers and sisters. It is quite scary, but there is a way out. What is the way out? Seek forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. Allah says, subhanallah, that He will forgive all of those who seek forgiveness for as long as they were genuine. In fact, verse number 13 of Surah Al-Isra, Surah Al-Isra, verse number 13, Allah makes mention of this book that is going to be spread. Allah says, وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كِتَابًا On the day of judgment, every soul will find, every human being will find that Allah has taken out the book, their own book, the book with all the deeds written in it, spread in front of them. Do you know what they will be told? Read your own book, read it. These are your deeds, read them. Sufficient are you as a witness against yourself. You take account of your own self. Here are the deeds. Now, like I said, when we seek forgiveness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the angels forget what happened. Your organs forget what happened. The place where you committed the sin the walls and the other creatures of Allah will bear witness. But if you have sought forgiveness, those places are made to forget what happened there. So my brothers and sisters, save yourselves by seeking the forgiveness of Allah. Your organs will forget. Save yourselves from letting your organs bear witness against you by seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are beautiful words. The love of Allah is so great, so deep, 
that every time he warns us of something severe that might overtake us, he always tells us, you know what? There's a way out here. If you don't want it, you can save yourself. By doing what? Turn back to me. Turn back to Allah. As simple as that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to turn to him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us all to do the right thing. Amen. Now my brothers and sisters, yesterday we spoke about al-hikmah. We spoke about wisdom. And I remember saying the one who was given wisdom or who is given wisdom has been given great goodness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The term al-hikmah is used in the Quran to refer to wisdom. Number one, primarily linguistically, it means wisdom, but it is also used to refer to the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The entire sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam has been referred to as al-hikmah. وَاذْكُرْنَ مَا يُتْلَى فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ In Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah makes mention to the wives of the Prophet ﷺ to remember and repeat the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remind each other of them and at the same time, not to forget Al-Hikmah, referring to the Sunnah, the lifestyle, the statements and everything to do with Muhammad wasallam. Why is it that it is called Al-Hikmah? Because it is the height of wisdom, the height of goodness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to it as Al-Hikmah. And if we take a look at verse number 39 of Surah Al-Isra, it comes after so many verses before it, where Allah makes mention of certain things to do. And after that Allah says, ذَٰلِكَ مِمَّا رَبُّكَ مِنَ الْحِكْمَةِ that is indeed from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the hikmah, from the wisdom, from that sound knowledge with a beautiful style that will get you very, very far, obviously, to the height of success. So what is it that Allah spoke about? I need to know. I want to also be able to protect myself. I want to also fulfill al-hikmah. Look at the previous verses before verse number 39 of Surah Al-Isra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts them off by making mention of the issue of association of partners with Allah. If you associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way whatsoever, you will be a loser. It means you lack wisdom, you lack understanding, you don't realize you're going to go back to the one who made you. Worship him alone. Don't worship anyone with him and don't worship anyone besides him. If I'm going back to my maker, when I put my head on the ground, do you know what I say? When I prostrate and when you prostrate, we say, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la. We are declaring how high the Rabb is. And the meaning of Rabb in the Arabic language, Rabbun is he who created, nourishes, cherishes, sustains, provides, protects, cures. He who is in absolutely full control of every aspect of the existence of everything and everyone in existence. That's the meaning of the term Rabbun. So I am saying basically, oh you who made me, you are the highest. Oh you who created me, you are the highest. Oh you who nourishes me, you are the highest. Oh you who cherishes, you are the highest. Oh you who cures, you are the highest. That's what I'm saying in sajda. That's what I'm saying in prostration. This is why the hadith says, Aqrabu ma yakunul abdu li rabbihi wa huwa sajid. The closest that a slave of Allah could be to Allah is when he is in the position of prostration. My brothers and sisters, take your time in sujood. 
Take your time in prostration. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May He make us strong to fulfill our salah. Wallahi, it has in it the solutions to your problems. You have issues, you have problems. The solutions to those problems are owned by someone. That someone is the deity. He alone who created you, he has the solutions. So fall prostrate for him and to him and see how he solves your matters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Then Allah speaks about goodness to your parents, kindness to your parents. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Verse number 23, Surah Al-Isra. Allah has declared and dictated and decided and chosen that none shall be worshipped besides Him and that you shall be kind. Or He has dictated kindness towards parents. You have to be kind. You have to be kind even to a sinful parent. You must be kind. Be respectful when you want to correct your father or your mother. You correct them with respect. Allah never ever said that you have to obey your parents completely and totally. No. Nowhere did Allah say you have to obey them completely and totally. But everywhere He did say you have to be kind to them, you have to be good to them. Why? The reason is when they instruct you to do something against the rule of Allah, because they are human beings as well, you don't listen to them. But when they tell you to do something within the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you have to listen to them. Now, one might ask, why is it always Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects worshipping Him and goodness to parents? Why are the two connected and how? Simple answer. Who created you? Allah. What means did He choose in order to bring you onto earth? Your parents. Did you choose your parents? No. Who chose them for you? Allah. So you are a test for your parents and your parents are a test for you. You need to be kind to your parents knowing that Allah created you. Your allegiance lies with Allah, but Allah made them as a means for you to earn your Jannah as well. You can get Jannah just by being respectful, dutiful and kind to your parents. The one hadith says the Prophet ﷺ was climbing on the mimbar and he said, Ameen thrice. And when they asked him, why were you saying that? He said, the angel came and, and made three duas and I was saying, Ameen to them. One of them was, Destruction be or great loss be upon the one who witnesses the month of Ramadan and still did not get forgiveness at the end of it. So he said, Ameen. And then the other one was, destruction upon or great loss upon the one who has witnessed one or both of his parents alive at old age and did not result in him entering Jannah through their service by serving them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us earn Jannah. My parents, I want to pause for a moment. Every time we speak to the children about how important it is to obey your parents or to be kind to them. Obedience is within the limits of Allah as I explained. But being kind to them, you have no excuse. Even if your father or your mother tells you to do something terrible, you will politely turn it down. You will be polite. It doesn't mean you swear them or you disrespect them. No, that's your father. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Remember this. But I want to say, my beloved parents, your children are a very big test for you. Do you know why? They belong to Allah. We say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We belong to Allah and indeed we will all return to Him. Allah gave you these children as a test. Did you know that? Only to see if you will bring them up the way 
he has instructed, not the way your whims and fancies want. Allahu Akbar. This is a powerful point. And this difficulty arises later on in life. Allah gives you at the beginning full control of your child. Full control. So what happens? You decide what will go in to the child's mouth. You decide when you're going to feed the child. You decide what you're going to clothe. You decide what you're going to name the child. You decide everything. You decide what type of toys you want to buy. You decide absolutely everything. Allah says, while you have that control, you are responsible. Slowly, we're going to take it away from you. So when the child grows a little bit older, the child doesn't want to play with those simple toys. The child says, no daddy, I want a remote control car. I don't want to play with this. Right at the beginning, you chose which school the child must go to. There comes a time when the child will say, I no longer want to go to the school, etc. What happened? Allah took away that control and he's showing it to you. When the child gets to teenage, the control is very little. When the child gets to the age of marriage, Allah tells you it's the child's decision who he or she will marry. You cannot force that particular child. Remember this. It is not according to you who that child will marry. It is the best situation would be that which is done with mutual agreement and understanding. The most favorable children are those who consult their parents to say, my father, my mother, I'd like to marry. Can you guide me? MashaAllah. May Allah make all our children like that. But you never ever tell your daughter, listen, you're getting married next week. And when the daughter says to who? You say, you'll find out next week. Wallahi, it's happening on the globe. I receive emails on a daily basis of young women telling me how they are being forced to marry those whom they don't even know just because it's a cousin or a relative or someone whom your father owes money to. My brothers and sisters, these children are not your belonging. They belong to Allah. Be careful when they would like to marry someone. Ask yourself two questions that Allah has asked you to ask yourself. Is the deen of this person okay? Religiously, are they fine? And is their character okay? If the two are okay, Allah instructs you to swallow the pill as bitter as it may be and to say, it's okay, you have our blessings, my child. That's your Jannah. That is your Jannah. Why do you think the Hadith says, when you have female children and you look after them, you will get Jannah when you get them married off correctly? Why? Because a male is yours, a male carries your name, etc, etc. The female also will carry your name. But in a female's case, you are looking after someone, bringing them up, educating them, giving them the deen in order for another person to benefit from them. In order for another person to be able to have more control over them than you, more authority, so to speak. I'm a father. I have daughters. But there will come a day when I need to give them away. That is my Jannah. That is my paradise. It is not easy to give your daughter away. That's why you get Jannah. So forget about those who think they're going to get paradise when they have hassled their daughters and harassed them and troubled them according to their own whims and fancies. And they haven't even bothered about the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can see how passionate I am. I used to think it doesn't exist because we were brought up in an environment that we did not see that happening. But wallahi, it's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. In countries that are advanced, there are people suffering in silence. My beloved parents, be careful, be careful. Your daughters belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I want to say it again one more time. My brothers and sisters, as parents, the children are a test for you 
in that you are not allowed to do what you wish and what your whims and fancies dictate to them, but you have to fulfill the dictates of Allah regarding those particular children. That is your Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. I hope I've said it quite clearly. And I'm not saying don't respect your parents, but I am saying my parents as human beings learn to become people who adopt the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even when it doesn't suit you. We all have dreams for our children, myself included. Like I told you, the ideal scenario, we all have it in our minds. When the children are young, we all think, mashallah, my daughter, my son, this will happen, that will happen. Brothers and sisters, it is Allah's plan that that dream has to be adjusted from time to time as the child is growing older. Because of things that will happen in life that were not according to your plan, it's Allah's plan that is executed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a beautiful understanding. So I paused for a moment to speak about parents and children because this is part of hikmah it is part of wisdom and at the same time these are problems the communities are facing save yourselves from the stress from the tension in your home by allowing your children to marry whom they want for as long as the two conditions are met the prophet muhammad says and i told you that's the height of wisdom if a proposal comes to you from someone, their deen is okay, their level of deen is acceptable, which means their religious level, their closeness to Allah is of an acceptable level, and their character and conduct is of an acceptable level, let the marriage happen. If you don't, there is going to be chaos and corruption on earth. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how we should pray for our parents. You know, those parents who fulfill their own whims and fancies and desires when it comes to their children, Wallahi, their children are making dua, Oh Allah, take my father away. Oh Allah, I can't wait for my mother to die. Those are duas that some children are making. Why? Sometimes it's because the parents are behaving in a way that Allah does not allow. If you behave in a proper way that Allah has ordained, your children will love you. They will understand that what you are doing is in the best of their interest, but according to the rules of Allah, not according to your rules. Allah can take your child away now. Allah can take your child away anytime. And He has taken other people's children before they even reach the age of puberty. May Allah grant us Jannatul Firdaus. May Allah make it easy for those who've lost their children in this way. And may that be a means of entry into Jannah. But for us, Allah tells us regarding your parents, make a good dua. What is the dua? Oh Allah, have mercy on both of them in the same way that they brought me up when I was young. When I was little, my parents looked after me. My parents did it, subhanallah. So now that they are old, you look after them. Have mercy on them. I'm going to try my best to look after them. And I'd like you, oh Allah, to have mercy on them. It brings me to the last point regarding parents that I want to raise today. My brothers and sisters, when parents become old, the children get married. Who wouldn't want the broader family living close by or together in some instances? But wallahi, if we become very hard and fast and set in our ways and habits, such that we are, it's as though we're running a school or a college rather than living in a home, you won't be able to get along with the spouses of your children, never. When they come home, welcome them. 
There needs to be statements on both sides, advice on both sides. We tell the in-laws, whether you're a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law, to be kind, to reach out, helping hand, assist. Be a person who actually reaches out to your father-in-law, mother-in-law and the family, your in-laws, etc. And we also tell the parents-in-law to do exactly the same. Do not consider your daughter-in-law an unpaid maid. For that is not in the Quran, nor is it in the Sunnah of Muhammad Many cultures still believe that when a daughter-in-law comes into the home, that's it. You sit back, relax. She must do the cooking, the cleaning, the picking up, the dropping, the shopping, and everything else. And by the way, that shopping, not for her, for you. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. That's not how it should be. There should be mutual understanding, give and take, respect each other, make life easy for one another, say good words to one another. Don't pretend like you're a headmistress in a school because that's how a lot of mother-in-laws operate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from those types of schools. Ameen. Ameen. So my brothers and sisters, inshallah, I hope those few words of motivation can actually protect our homes and save them from becoming little pits of hell. A lot of people are depressed in the house because why? They just cannot live. Instruction from here, instruction from there. No one appreciates anything. Learn to say Jazakumullahu Khaira. Thank you very much. May Allah bless you, reward you. Learn to appreciate the food was good. This was nice. Thank you so much. MashaAllah. The only thing you know and the only thing we know sometimes to pick on people when something goes wrong. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Let's continue with the words of wisdom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تُبَذِّرْ تَبَذِيرًا إِنَّ الْمُبَذِّرِينَ كَانُوا إِخْوَانَ الشَّيَاطِينَ Just before that Allah says وَآتِ ذَا الْقُرْبَى حَقَّهُ وَالْمِسْكِينَ وَبَنَ السَّبِينَ Give the relatives their due and give the poor their due. Spend on them. Spend on them and give those in the cause of Allah their due. Spend on them but do not be wasteful. Because Allah does not like those who are wasteful. Do you know why? He says in verse number 26 of Surah Al-Isra, those who are wasteful and extravagant are the brethren of the devil. When you have wealth, learn to budget, learn to prioritize, learn to save some for a rainy day. Don't be like those who earn through the week. Come Friday night, they are partying. You know what that means? That's it. That's their life. They are born and taught that. You earn in the week, you party in the, in the weekend. You earn in the month, you party month end. You earn in the year, by the time you get back to January and you get back to work, your money must be finished and you must be having a loan that you're going to pay back up to December. That's how life is taught to a lot of people as Muslimin. That's not it. Live within your means, you will save yourself a lot of stress. You will save yourself a lot of aggro, a lot of difficulty in your life. Allah will grant you peace of mind and good sleep. You don't owe anyone anything. Subhanallah. So learn to budget. Allah says, don't be wasteful. For indeed, those are the brethren of the devil. If you have money, doesn't mean you must just blow it on something you don't need. No. You might want to once in a while spoil yourself to here or there. Something perhaps that is permissible. You might want to go on a slight holiday according to your means. You don't have to go where the Joneses have gone. And by the way, now that the economy of the world is crashing, even the Joneses stopped going on holiday. My brothers and sisters, it's absolutely important for us to know. I know it sounds like I said it on a lighter note, but it's a proper, proper point. 
It's something to save ourselves from a lot of difficulty and hardship in this world. Learn to budget and economize. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا أَوْلَادَكُمْ خَشْيَةَ إِمْلَاقُ Do not kill your children fearing poverty. In fact, the verses here, Allah says, مِنْ إِمْلَاقُ Do not kill them out of poverty. If you're a poor person and you say, you know what? Your wife is expecting a child and you say, because, of, because I can't afford it, that's why I want to abort this child. Or as soon as the child is born, dump it. It's still happening in societies and communities. Dumped children. Do you know that that is a major sin? Allah says, don't do that. You know, people say that if I have many children, I'm going to become poor because I'm going to have to afford a lot of school fees and a lot of food. And my plate where I was eating one chicken, I'm only going to be eating one piece because the rest of it is going to be shared by four other children. I'd rather not have those children. Allah says, as Muslims, we look at it totally the opposite. What does that mean? The more children you have, the wealthier you are. It might be a little bit of a struggle initially, but trust me, imagine you've had 10 children, mashallah, and five of them are successful people. The other five, perhaps not very successful. What will you have? If you gave them a good upbringing, they will look after you and the other five. That was a blessing. But if you have only one child, two children, you know the chances of them not being successful nowadays is greater than if you had had more children, my brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So in Islam, everyone comes with their own sustenance. Allah provides for every single person. Remember that. So have as many children. The Prophet once told his companions that get married to those who bear children and have more children. For indeed, I would like to be that prophet on the day of judgment with the most number in his ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter speaks about wisdom. Don't even go close to adultery, fornication and immorality. For indeed, it is very immoral. It is immoral. It is wrong. Don't go there. If you go there, it will result in destruction in this world and the next. A lot of people are suffering. Why? They need to hide their phones. You know, I told you the last time that there was a man who actually had, you know, you have the phones that uh, pick up your thumb, right? The thumbprint. This man fearing that his wife might see the haram he's doing on his phone actually had a toe print. <laughs> a toe print. Imagine how far people go to hide their sin. And when you are sleeping and she sees it and she's not happy with you one day, even if she hasn't seen it and she's just upset or not feeling too well, and maybe the other way around, it might be the he who's going through that. And you know what? Suddenly you start doubting. Did she see it? Didn't she see it? Did she? Maybe she did. What's wrong? And she doesn't talk to you. She, I, I think I know what's wrong. What is wrong? And so on. All the stress is because of haram going on in your life. That's what it is. Cut it out. You're such an open person. Your family shares your phone. You don't mind. Subhanallah. They share it. Today we all have codes. Two, three, four different codes on the phone. Why? What's it for? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. I'm not encouraging you to go through the phones of your spouses, etc. No, that is also a very, very bad habit. But I am saying, brothers and sisters, cut immorality for the sake of Allah. And see how happy you become as a person. See how happy you are as an individual. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter makes mention of murder. And he says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ 
Al-Hakqa, verse number 33, Surah Al-Isra. Do not kill, do not commit murder of the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given life to, meaning the souls that Allah has created. The only time life is to be taken is if it is due and it is legal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding of that. One very important aspect about Islam, you are not allowed to take the law into your own hands. Remember that. You are not allowed to take the law in your own hands, to become a vigilant. That is prohibited in Islam. The only time I can actually attack someone is when I am being attacked myself. Then definitely I'm allowed to protect myself. I can attack them unless obviously there is instruction. If I'm a person, say the executioner, etc. And there is instruction from the courts or from the law or from the rulers, etc. Then it would be a totally different matter. And this is why we say, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a deep understanding. So my brothers and sisters, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us about murder. And after that, he speaks about the wealth of the orphans. Whenever Allah speaks about the wealth of the orphans, he is actually referring to distributing inheritance, the estate of the deceased upon death. That's what he's talking about. So Allah says, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا مَالَ الْيَتِيمِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي أَحْسَنُ Do not even approach the wealth of an orphan except with goodness. Except by that which is good, that which is the best. Remember this. Why do we say this, my brothers and sisters? The reason is, a lot of people read these verses and think, you know what, that's the wealth of an orphan. Who are these orphans? These are people whom... The father has passed away and they have not yet got to the age of maturity. So those whom they've left behind usurp the wealth usually. We cheat our sisters, we cheat our brothers, we cheat our mothers, we cheat our daughters, we cheat the women around and we cheat those who are young. All of that is included in here. If you want the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you definitely need to sort out the matters of inheritance today instead of tomorrow. May Allah strengthen us. Don't let the love of wealth increase the love that you have for Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.